Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New on Curiosity Stream. Across the globe, coral reefs are dying, but not without a fight. Scientists discover a new heat-resistant super reef. What's its secret we can use to save the rest? It's breakthrough reefs of hope. And humanity's future, a thriving multi-planet species, or will AI run the show? See how today's choices in technology and science may seal our fate on 10 Seconds to the Future. Watch now on Curiosity Stream, and for a limited time, get 40% off our annual plan. That's just a dollar a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Hello, and welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast, the show that helps you not only feel empowered and knowledgeable, but confident and a boss mom in the dyslexia journey. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren. Are you a mom looking for community, network, and more resources to support your child through the DQ journey? Well, look no further. I am happy to announce that I have two group coaching programs available for you. One is for the mom who is ready to level up in six weeks with an intensive course that provides you with six modules on ridding the mom guilt, decoding dyslexia, the special education process, structured literacy, comorbid disabilities, and dyslexia and adulthood. And there are several courses, quizzes, resources, and other group coaching interviews with moms that you can glean insight from. So if you're interested in that, I want you to find the link in the show notes to apply for this program. The other program is for the moms who, of course, still want that community and support, but this is more at your own pace. This is a three-month group coaching program with five modules. The first module is all about setting goals and your intention. Where are we going and where do we want to be? The second module sets you up for success to be a confident mom or a dyslexia mom boss. The third module focuses on understanding the dyslexia journey. Now, I say dyslexia, but I do delve into the other D-cubes. And the fourth module, of course, we can't leave this one out, focuses on the special education process because that is definitely something that we need to delve into and feel very confident and knowledgeable about. And the final module is bonus lessons, interviews, and other resources. So if this is something that really excites you or even piques your interest, be sure to apply using the link in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you there. All right, welcome back to the fourth part of the Dyslexia series. Now this is the part two of the accommodations this is going to be focusing on the accommodations for giving directions so we know that dyslexia is a language uh, a language learning based difference or disability depending on who we're talking to i always have to state that but i don't think we realize just how complex giving directions can truly be 
Now, when I say that, I mean there's a lot to think about and process. Just like I said, I believe in the last episode about um, offering notes for our students. There's a lot that we expect of them to jot down notes, to be able to um, learn how to note take, to be able to listen and input all of that information. I mean, there's so much that we take for granted that we don't realize that these are skills that that need to be acquired and learned. So when giving directions, these are things we need to think about with accommodations. So accommodation number one, give directions step by step and read them out loud. Now, some directions are like paragraph chunks. Um, Think about yourself. If someone's reading you a paragraph of directions, are you going to hold all of that information in your brain and be able to know how to then um, comprehend that and then apply it? Probably not. It's like if someone's reading you Ikea directions, forget it, forget it. As a matter of fact, I can't even look at the pictures and get it. That's just me. That's my own thing. But read directions, get out loud and give them step by step and be explicit. Step one you need to take out a piece of paper. Pause. Wait. Step two, I want you to pick up your pencil and I want you to write down, you know, whatever it is. Obviously, that is a very basic example. But a good example of this was when I taught fourth grade at a private dyslexic school. I would actually teach my students how to follow directions. Now, my favorite lesson that I would do is teach your classmate how to make a PBJ and this was a writing assignment and of course I'd get oh Miss McClunny this is easy this is so easy and I'm like all right cool not only are you going to write out the directions you're going to read you're going to have someone read your directions and you are literally going to follow them what was so fascinating was Many times the students would, quote, fail. And I'm not saying I failed fourth graders. I'm not, come on. I'm not a mean teacher. I do believe in tough love, but not mean. And so (laughs) I remember one student, I remember his face. And he got up there. He was ready. Like, he was a sports guy. So he was, like, in for the competition. And, you know, I kind of talked up the competition. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm former track. I think he was a baseball player. And when his partner read the directions he was already had the bread out and was putting the the um knife in the peanut butter and I stopped him and I said I think his name was Jake I said Jake the direction did not say to get a knife um and no actually I'm sorry I think the direction said get the knife and and um put it on the bread but the directions before it didn't say to open it it didn't say to open the peanut butter. And he was like, come on, it's assumed. And I'm like, it's not assumed. I said, we all in this room know how to make a PBJ, which is why I chose this. But I want to see how detailed your directions are. And so that's a good example of things were lost in translation. Now, obviously, we can all laugh about it and say, oh, who doesn't know how to make a PBJ? But giving directions and reading them out loud and chunking them and being very detailed requires a lot of information and a lot of language. So we have to, you know, give it in in small bites and we have to say, get out the peanut butter, unscrew the top, put the fork, I mean, I'm sorry, put the knife in the peanut butter, spread the peanut butter on one slice of bread. I mean, it sounds like it's a no brainer, but, you know, when we are, teaching our secondary students that have these language-based learning differences, those are the steps that matter. So give directions step-by-step 
and read them out loud. Also, too, have the um, the student or child read the directions out loud. And then, you know, if you're at home or if you have some time in class, if you're doing like small group stuff, ask them, get their feedback. So what, what does that mean to you? What What is your job right now? What is this asking you to do? Get their reflection. All right, accommodation number two. <laughs> this one is my favorite. Simplify directions. Okay, don't be wordy. Just get to the bottom line. So I... I've, I've mentioned my eighth grade co-teacher that I um, taught English language arts with in many episodes, I feel like, and we had an excellent working relationship and we just volleyed off of each other and we just had positive energy. And I think that's why, you know, I was always working with him versus I had other co-teachers that I switched out with each year, but we had a really great dynamic. The one thing about him was he was a storyteller and I mean a story teller it could be a student has asked to go to the bathroom 52 times and instead of him you know saying no he would tell this whole roundabout story as to why he's gonna say no I mean it was just like you know for for our typical students who don't struggle with language it's funny you know he's telling a story but for our language-based learning difference children it was really hard and he was very sarcastic and used idioms and so um, he would he would give directions and then tell stories within the directions and then crack a joke within the directions and then would have an idiom in the directions and then it would just go over their heads. And it was just like the funniest thing because I could see them, you know, glazing over. I mean, and they loved him. They thought he was a fantastic teacher and he really was and still is. But I mean, it's just, it was just too much language and it would have to turn into, I would have to go over and be like, just circle this, <laughs> you know? So you want to definitely simplify the directions. If you're a parent listening to this, you're a mom, you know, let's say uh, uh, chores, just give your child like one chore at a time or, um, you know, whatever it is they need to do. Make sure you you go clean your sink and then come back. OK, now I want you to unload the dishwasher and then come back, you know, or if you're in the middle of something or the comeback is too much, then just have post it somewhere, you know, find ways that work for you and your child, of course. All right. Accommodation number three is highlight keywords and ideas for students to read first. When I was teaching math, when we'd get those word problems, I mean, it was just too much language. And really sometimes, and, and honestly, this is even for elementary school kids, second, third, fourth graders doing word problems. Sometimes they're just asking you to subtract, but we don't care that John bought 10 shirts at Target and two were blue and six were, were red when all we need to know is what six plus two, you know? And I think that's where we get lost in translation. So if you're highlighting keywords, you know, find the sum. Um, and maybe you're just highlighting the numbers in that, in that word problem rather than how many colored shirts. You know, obviously when you are, um, as a teacher, when you're differentiating and using accommodations to support your learners, you need to know ahead of time what this question's asking to know how to pull out those those keywords. I've seen that highlighting keywords has been a huge beneficial, um, it's been a huge accommodation, I should say, for my students, especially the older ones where, you know, when you get to multi-step equations, you just need to know the bottom line. Okay, and so the fourth accommodation is check in frequently to ensure understanding. So I stated this, I think, in the first accommodation 
you want to double check and make sure that kids truly understand what you're asking them to do. More than often, depending on when you are um, teaching these students or when your child is getting diagnosed, they have come up with their own coping mechanisms. And some of those coping mechanisms require pretending to look like they know what they're doing. And I laugh because I've heard adults um, share their their journey and story about, oh, well, whenever this would happen, I would just pretend to do this. Or whenever we would do this in class, I would just do that. You know, and I think that's what we all do. I mean, our bodies accommodate for when one side is injured and the other's not. Well, in order to kind of penetrate that wall of protection, um, you know, obviously do it in a very respectful, graceful way, but ask the student, can you repeat back what I said? So that actually is an objective within itself. Were they listening? Um, And if they weren't listening, why weren't they listening? Was it because they might have an expressive receptive language disorder or is it because they were talking to their neighbor because they shut down when they heard you say we're going to do a reading circle? You know, so again, you need to parse through that. But if a child is repeating back the directions and I've had this happen where things are lost in translation, that's when you have to probably go back to accommodation number two and simplify and just get to the point, get to the bottom line. But this is actually a really great accommodation. And I don't mean check because I know I've seen on IEPs accommodation check for understanding. You can't just go to a kid and say, hey, do you understand? Of course, around their peers, they're going to give you a thumbs up and say yes. No, you need to actually parse through. Do they actually understand the assignment? Do you understand the assignment? (laughs) what is that that's like that a a song or something but anyway that's a big one um it holds them accountable it lets you know you need to do some more pre-teaching or you need to do some more accommodations or whatever it is it gives you a little checkpoint all right the fifth and final accommodation for giving directions is to provide exemplar work samples to serve as a visual model this is a game changer i know for me personally the way my brain works um, I need to see an example of something and then I can be creative. So if this is what you want out of this project, I'm going to ask you, oh, can I do this, this, and this? And then you're going to say, oh yeah, as long as you have this, this, and this, then I can run with it and take it. It's the same thing with our language-based learning difference students and children. They need an example to know what is the ideal, what, what should this look like? And you know, dyslexics are very creative. So if they get like a structure or a framework of what that's supposed to look like, then they can, you know, create it and make it their own. But more than often, um, you know, we have teachers that will just say, oh, well, you know, you can do it like this. Or or here's another thing I think that makes things really challenging. Um, teachers will, and I've seen this happen, they will have an exemplar but it's like in words. <laughs> so so let's just say it's on their LMS school districts page for this X assignment. And maybe it, it has like, be sure to have five pictures. Be sure to have six vocabulary words, whatever the assignment is. Well, you might need to make an example for the kids to see. If you're doing a brochure, then slap five pictures on it and say, I want five pictures. I don't care where in the brochure. If you want 
six locations, then put six locations in the brochure. I mean, I know for some that's more work, but I'm telling you these accommodations will will pave the way for more to come in the future where you're like, oh, I already know that, or oh, I did this before. Um, when I was teaching elementary school, I had an exemplar for everything. And I think a lot of it, like I said, was because that's how I learned and that's what helped me. So I'm always thinking about what can help um, what can help them. All right, so we just went through five accommodations um, for supporting your dyslexic student or child and they were focused on giving directions. So let's review them. Number one, give directions step by step and read them out loud. Number two, simplify those directions. Just get to the bottom line. Accommodation number three, highlight keywords and ideas for students to read first. Check for understanding is the fourth accommodation, but make sure you have them. Take it up a notch. Make sure you have the student or your child actually explain the directions in their words to see if they truly understand the assignment. And the fifth and final accommodation is provide exemplar work samples to serve as a model. Another thing I thought of too, if you have former students who did an excellent job previous years, use that as an exemplar. You know, work smarter, not harder. All right, so that concludes our our first four-part series on dyslexia. I hope you enjoyed that. I wanted to chunk information because some episodes were longer than others, but these were... like Instagram posts turn into a podcast episode. So I hope that you found it helpful. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also too, if you are not following me on social media, you can find me at at the Dr. Lauren on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at think dyslexia under, uh, I'm sorry, think underscore dyslexia. Um, And you can also, if you're not on my mailing list, please be sure to go to my website, which is thinkdyslexia.me. And there are some amazing things to come in the future with resources and all of that good stuff. So again, thank you so much, everyone, for your support. This podcast would not be the same without you. So our next series will be focused on dyscalculia. So I will see you all next week. And remember, you're a dyslexia mom boss yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's time to boss up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New on Curiosity Stream. Across the globe, coral reefs are dying, but not without a fight. Scientists discover a new heat-resistant super reef. What's its secret we can use to save the rest? It's breakthrough reefs of hope. And humanity's future, a thriving multi-planet species, or will AI run the show? See how today's choices in technology and science may seal our fate on 10 seconds to the future. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. And for a limited time, get 40% off our annual plan. That's just a dollar a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.